Y'all ready finally? Fuck Fuckin yeah, we've been ready. Fucking hey. Alright, poor shot. Welcome back to your football fantasy. Grab a drink, roll back your foreskin, and let Dweez Nuts, Big Wiz, and the Bullfrog stroke your fantasy loins. Alright, let's not waste a whole lot of time on the pre-everything. This is a very special episode of Your Football Fantasy, yeah, episode two of our off-season series. Again, we are going every two weeks, in case you missed us last week. Uh, don't look for us next week. This week's a special week, guys. For about a year and a half, we've been uh, putting this off, but it's time to bite the bullet <laughs> and invite very good friend of the show, Gary Haddow, onto the episode. How excited are you guys? Bullfrog, uh, you, you've talked to Gary Haddow before. You know him a little bit from Twitter. You jacked about it? Gary! Yeah. Can't wait, buddy. Big Wiz, you don't even know who the fuck that is. Now, he's on Yelp, so... Yeah, but I've been trying to get Gary on the show for fucking a year and a half now. year and a half. Well, he finally did something <laughs> worth talking to him about. More than either you can say. We'll g- Oh, God, yeah. We'll Facts. get to that later. Facts, baby. We'll get to that later. We're going to have Gary on the show. He's going to tell y'all how to be great. Um, I will say this. I will say this. The booker for our show... Said uh, Gary was a tough get. He's all over the radio. He's getting calls from ESPN to come on there. Everybody wants to talk to Gary right now. He managed to get us a window. We're going to get to him a little bit later. Before we do that, let's talk about the news. This week in football. So real quick, playoffs still happening. next or This week, our divisional round games. Will Fuller, Adam Thielen, Mark Ingram all really questionable for their games and in fact there's a at this point probably a pretty good 50-50 shot that any one of these guys doesn't play which which could be pretty bad. Wiz you were just saying you really like the Vikings this year. Do you like him as much without Thielen after a big performance in the playoffs? Thielen will play. Thielen will play. Thielen's questionable because of fucking he got what stitches in his fucking foot because he got cleated or something. something, The bloody socks coming coming back to fucking San Fran. But he wouldn't he wouldn't come back to the team. He was one hundred percent if he's got blood coming from his ankle. I think Ingram's the guy I'm worried about the most, honestly. Mark Ingram. Yeah, that will hurt a lot if he's calf. Will it hurt that much? No. I mean, Gus has been great. Even even your boy Hill's been playing well. A little bit. A little bit. Whole... Lamar Jackson can do all the running for the right. team. This is a whole different game hey, there, assholes. The question is, did, uh, did Ingram finish under 15 a game? I bet he did. That was we a preseason will bet. get to the bets next <laughs> oh, okay. show in two weeks. We're going to wrap up how we did, including who won what bets. We're gonna, it's it's going to be a get-fucked-up episode if I've ever seen. Yeah. But we're not there yet. Let's keep talking news. As you know, if you listen to this show, we will do coaching episodes much later in the offseason. Very important episodes, but I just want you guys' initial takes here. Uh, first, let's look in Dallas. There was a little bit of a shit show uh, where you know Jerry Jones starts interviewing guys before even ousting Jason Garrett, but he's out. Mike McCarthy coming in to coach the Dallas Cowboys. Looks like Kellen Moore, the 
the uh, Don't I'm not writing a playbook until my players help me do it. Offense coordinator might stay. No. McCarthy says he wants him to stay. Moore is saying he's going to stay. Just give me a really quick early reactions to this. Maybe talk about the big question people seem to have is Zeke, right? If you look at McCarthy's time in Green Bay, there was never really a running back. So what do you guys think about this hire? My early take is uh, Zeke hangs around the number five running back. Dak hangs around 10 to 12. And I'll probably end up liking Gallup more than Cooper. Based on inconsistency and injury, I'll be higher on Gallup next year than Cooper. Those are my quick takes. Witten, uh, who cares? You, you say the same thing with Cooper, but Gallup did the exact same thing. Gallup came f- fucking flying out of the fucking gate and then fucking would disappear he had from a good week last couple six games. Through, yeah. through 13. Everybody on this offense. Uh, Fun I, fact I, about Michael I like Gallup. McCarthy. Michael Gallup had, I think, the fifth most drops in a league this year. Oh, boy. Disappointing. Not great. I, I think he's a good hire. McCarthy's a stable. He's a stable. He's an offensive guy. I don't. I think you're right. Zeke will be top five. Dak will still be top ten. McCarthy's an offensive coach. I think to me, to me, interesting who he brings in from the defensive side. Yeah, I don't hate it. I mean, Jason Garrett was bad. It, I think you said the word was your word was perfect there with stabilizing. He's going to come in and hopefully stabilize his team that seemed, from all accounts on the outside, to just collapse halfway through this season. So we'll keep an eye on that. We'll talk more about it later. Another quick hiring uh, point here: Ron Rivera. Former coach of the Carolina Panthers going to those Washington Redskins as a head coach. Bringing in Scott Turner. He's the guy that took over as the interim and did a really shit job for Carolina. Norv's kid. Uh, he's going to be the OC there to team up with Ron Rivera again. Rivera's a good coach. He did good things in Carolina. Took him to a Super Bowl. Do we expect a quick change of any kind in Washington, or is it still Dwayne Haskins trying to mature? Yeah, it's not going to be a quick change. It's, this ownership has a problem in, in fucking with the Redskins. Um, I don't like anyone. I guess if you have, to, you still like Scary Terry. You like some of these goofy guys. Um, Haskins will take time, 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 time with Haskins. And I mean, Rivera's a defensive coach, right? Yeah. This is why they hired him yeah. because that defense is trash, and they need to, they need to do something there. So we'll see. How about Joe Judge going to New York? Going to take over the head coach position. For the Giants, he's a, he was the wide receivers coach. Didn't the wide receivers coach become the OC in Miami last season? Yeah, Chad Olson. That didn't. I mean, Devontae Parker had a time. Yeah. I don't know about Joe Judge. I like Joe Judge. He's got a great name. Joe Judge. He has a great name, but that's two judges in New York now, boy. Literally all we can fucking. Say Aaron about and it. Joe. I like this a lot. Um, and he's the he's really to me the the, the only quiet. He's the, the, but the, the guy has no recognition so far. Well, I mean, this next guy that we're going to talk about, not a whole... I, I mean, out of New England, when I say that. It, sure. Well, he was... I don't know what he did before. He was wide receivers coach uh, this year. No idea. it wasn't last year. We'll take a look at it later. Matt Rule, that's the former Baylor head coach. Baylor had a big season in college football. He's coming to coach Carolina. Offensive-minded coaches. I haven't done a whole lot of research. That's all I really know about him. But I can tell you this. It's been a long time since the Panthers had an offensive-minded coach. This could be interesting because they have... Weapons, DJ Moore. That's your fucking boy, Bullfrog. Obviously, CMC. Whoever's gonna play quarterback there might might have a mind that might help. We'll see. Is Rule mentally retarded? What? <laughs> because he took this job? I don't understand. No, it seems like an idiot most of the time. Oh, I don't know anything about the man. All I know is he took a Temple team that was like 0-10 and turned them around to some great bowl wins. He took a Baylor team that came out of the fucking death 
penalty or whatever they were in after they got into that scandal, and he, he turned were, them around. He flirted with the playoff a little bit. No, I know this year. I mean, when he took them over, they their first yeah. year he was like two and eleven or something trash, and then now he's right back to top. Might eight. be might be a great coach. But again, when's the last court? When's the last college guy that's transitioned and had good success? I don't know. When's the last big name college guy that's transitioned Jimmy to Johnson? the NFL? But that was a long <laughs> fucking time ago. Very different games. Look, the Rams fired Wade Phillips as the defensive coordinator. There, they had to do something. That was a disappointing year. Whatever. Who gives a fuck? Big news out of college football coming into draft season here. Tua is coming out, still on an injury, not really doing a whole lot. Probably not really going to participate in the Combine because he won't be ready to play there. But this guy is going into this season, was on the top of everybody's list at quarterback. Where do you think he's going to go? Any guesses? Where should he land a guy like this? Tua's got all the athletic skills uh, to be to be a somebody. Can't go one anymore, right, at the well, Burrow. T- I mean, it's the three. With, with Tua, it's a three-person race, right? Who's the third? Tua. Herbert. Herbert. Young. Chase Young. Oh, you're talking about, uh, yeah, okay. Who's probably going to go number two overall. Yeah. If not number one, followed by Burrow. And then two, I don't know, I mean, who, who else is he? Better gonna... not be fucking two at three. Better I can not. tell you that much right now, <laughs> motherfucking cocksuckers. Lions. Detroit Lions Why? better not fucking draft two. Matt Stafford's the man. Unless you're going to trade Stafford and get his shit more picks out of him. Look, if he's just got to break his back Fuck. a couple more times. Because you got, you got Chase and you got fucking... Ukdobu or whatever his fucking that, name is. That the two quarterback kids. Yeah. Yeah. You better get one of those fucking guys. All the time in the world. It seems to me like the Miami Dolphins at five is the right pick here for Tua. Or somebody's going to trade up to four. I'm not sure who would do it. We'll talk more about that come draft. But we had to mention it. Tua's coming out. It was big news this last week. Here's one um, from our hometown there, Wiz. Kyle Long is leaving football. I don't. He didn't say he's retiring, although that seems like what he's doing. He said, I'm stepping away from football. How do you feel about that? Great, great bear for a long time there. Great bear for three years. And is, that all he, is that all he played? Yeah, because I think his last four years, I mean, he's... he's injured. He, yeah, he's just been injured all the time. Yeah. He was great for those three years. I mean, the shitty thing is that the bears weren't pretty good when he was there. Yeah. I think it's the Mitchell Trubisky effect. Absolutely. <laughs> fuck yeah. <laughs> fuck, fuck Mitchell Trubisky. Look, it, this might this might end up being a good thing in the long run for the Bears, right? Because if you just know he's not there going into the year, you can plan for somebody else. You don't have to play, say, hey, Kyle Long's our guy, except we'll also kind of have a contingency. I don't know. We'll see. I think it was worth mentioning as a Bears fan. I really appreciate Kyle Long. When he came into the league, it was a... He's a beast. He was a fucking beast. He was awesome. Um, but he's gone. All right. We're going to take some shots. While this drops going, I'm gonna go ahead and give our boy a call. How's it going, guys? Gary, mother. Hey, buddy. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. You got you got something to drink? Oh, that's not bad. Not Wait, bad. Hey, Gary, if you win again, we'll send you a bottle of uh, whiskey from India. Yeah, we'll send you some good Indian whiskey later on so you have something to drink. I'm pretty sure they cap the uh, fireball limit at like 27 years old, but I'm, I'm also certain you're older than that. You're not allowed to take shots like that anymore. It's going to give you fucking heartburn. <laughs> 
but so, for you guys, I'm willing to do it. There you Thanks, go. Buddy. So we only need to take four or five of those, um, and then we'll be ready to go. So, all right, Gary Hedda, I'm going to raise my glass to you, sir. Winner of the SFB9. I don't know what took you so long to Champion. come on the show. But, uh, you, sir. Enjoy the drink. Okay, so, woo, oh. <laughs> that's not an easy shot. So Wiz and I just took a shot of salty caramel whiskey from Old Smoky. Not, not a great shot. Great sipper though. Yeah, I recommend I it as a sipper. That. I'd tell you what Bullfrog's shooting, but I don't. I'm embarrassed to say it on air. No, we don't want to say it on air any longer. He's trying to save face. Um, all right, now Bullfrog owes me five shots. Wiz owes me two, so they're gonna keep taking shots. Tell the people listening to our show because there's at least three of them. You're you're our, normally our fourth listener without you there. <laughs> not true. We have two new listeners as of uh, last Saturday night. Oh Ooh. Jesus Christ! You're not. Oh wrong yeah, Applebee boy. Philly yeah. Jordan and uh, Logan. We're supposed that. to talk. Supposed to talk about them later. You inviting them to the Super Bowl or what? <laughs> Shut up. Real quick, we're gonna do a little Q and A here. The boys have put together some questions for you. Look, you are the world goddamn champion. Won the Scotty Fishbowl nine. First off, how'd that feel? Greatest fucking feeling in the world. Tell me the story of how, because the story of how you fucking won is worth repeating on the air. Tell the listeners exactly what happened. <laughs> I, so it was uh, Monday night. I had Aaron Jones going. I was down 40 points. I was like, whatever. I, I you know, definitely back, back of the pack, like top five at that point. There was no chance. I was watching the first quarter. I think he had like four points. Mm-hmm. So I just said, oh, fuck it. I'm just going to turn it off. Go about doing other stuff. Try and keep myself. Oh, fuck, Gary. No. <laughs> Don't turn it off, Gary. Never turn it off. You always turn it off. Reverse psychology. There you go. There's a little bit of motivation, guys. There you go. So I'm talking to my buddy, and I happen to be looking at the score, and I was like, wait, what the fuck? He had 24 points? I was like, Dude, I'm only back 16 points. Like, this is crazy. Uh, if, if, if he breaks a long touchdown, like, I'm going to, I'm back in this. And my buddy is talking to him, and all of a sudden, he just goes, Natasha, Natasha, get over here. He calls his wife, and his wife is, like, the greatest good luck charm when it comes to fantasy. And she comes in, what, what's going on? He just says, Aaron, Aaron Jones touchdown, Aaron Jones touchdown. She's like, oh, uh, okay. She starts saying it. Next goddamn play, a 56-yard touchdown. Oh, oh shit. And nice. so at that point, I am, I think, back like 0.5 points. And I'm just like, oh, my God. If he gets four more yards, he was at 146 at that point. Yeah. If he gets four more yards, I'm going to get a five-point bonus because of how the bonuses are. And sure enough, Vikings suck. They give up the ball or the pat, whatever, third and out. And then he gets six yards on his next carry. And from there, I was officially the Scott Fishbowl winner. Appropriate. Was it? Was this your first fishbowl entry? First fishbowl entry. First oh. year even really being into Twitter. First year writing for a site, doing any of that you. stuff, and yeah. And now you're a goddamn I, celebrity. I, I, you got a lot you. to live up to, oh. Gary Haddow. <laughs> Dude, my my parts smelled so good they used to not, but now they smell <laughs> like fucking roses. Probably get your wife to eat your shit now if you yeah, want so, to. So, so let me ask my first question here, Gary. <laughs> You talked about how how great it felt. I want to know how proud your wife was, and did she give you a BJ afterwards? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
she she was excited enough to uh, to take the videos. I think her video might have more likes on Twitter than my guy. And uh, well, she's better looking than you, Gary. Is that Come a censored on. video? <laughs> I mean, it's very very true. So no, it was it was awesome. And honestly, I mean, I've been playing fantasy for about ten years, and I do some kind of high stakes league. It was without a doubt the coolest thing that's happened to me, and without a doubt, but of course, greatest thing that's happened fantasy wise. It's. I mean, it was better than the birth of your child, right? Oh, he said that was number two. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I have the two obligatory ones, and then the one that I get to choose, yeah, it's the one that I get to choose. There you go. Hi, Gary Bullfrog here. How's it hanging? Oh, long and strong, strong, man. Man, All right, so I want the real answer. How many episodes have you caught of our show, buddy? Roughly. Rough estimate. 88. Have I listened to? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I honestly, I don't know. <laughs> so, the right answer is I, everyone, I, Gary. You guys were the first, it's, yeah, I, definitely, I, I listened to all of it twice, that's why I can't even remember, like, nice. how many um, You guys were the first pod that I listened to when I really, like, started getting into Twitter, which I guess would have been just over a year ago. Nice. I fully remember, like, when you guys created what I still think is two in the tank, one in the stink, I think you guys call it something else, to be honest. Um... I, I remember talking to my buddy when I was first even writing into you guys. You guys were answering some of my questions for a league that's now defunct. And it was like, oh, my God, these guys, you got to listen to them, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, yeah, the only reason that it, like, slowed down a little bit is life fucking happens. My kid yeah. became an actual toddler rather than being a potato. Kids like, are, I just yeah, kids are the worst. I have to really listen to a lot of stuff. Yeah. Hey, we, are, uh, we, we, we appreciate the support. Yeah. Alright, so, a couple more on the honest level here. Out of the three of us... Oh, Jesus. Whose advice do you hold the highest? Dweez Nuts, Big Wiz, or the Bullfrog? I want to hear it straight. That's the right answer. Clearly don't know anything. I guess he is on every show. I guess that's the only acceptable the answer. Old, Sometimes I, you don't have anyone else to listen to. Look, it's my fucking show. I love that answer, Gary. Jesus Christ, that's amazing. I have hopes for you, Gary. <laughs> Bullfrog, you got any more questions uh, for me? Or should we should we go to mine? I got a yeah, couple. Yeah, go, go ahead and take over, buddy. All right, uh, Gary, look, we are fully in the Q&A portion of the show if you haven't figured that out yet. But uh, I, I got some questions just about Scott Fish. The Scott Fish Bowl in general. I have yet to get the invite, which I'm real salty about. Because you have to be good at fantasy football. But, um, for our listeners that don't know, the Cave of Excellence is one of them. That's my wife. Please tell us, just tell us a little bit about the Scotty Fish Bowl. Tell us about the setup in the league. How does it, how does it work? How did you get your invite? Um, is there a winning that you get when you win the thing? Is there a charity? Just tell us everything we might need to know. About the Scotty Fish Bowl. Okay, well, it stopped me in about two hours when I finished. But uh, yeah, it's it's a twelve hundred person league. It's uh, analysts and random people like fans or whatnot. I say from analysts, it's the big fish, the you know the CBS, ESPN, Yahoo, Roto World, Fantasy Footballers, those guys, all the way down to you know the little guys like me that just randomly started doing this. I got into it because uh, I got connected with Fighting Chance Fantasy via Ryan Hallam, and Scott happened to ask Ryan this year if 
all of us wanted to be in it, every, all the guys at Fighting Chance, which is, uh, I think, six of us now. And Ryan had done it before with Steve. So anyway, so the league itself, it's 1,200. It's 112 team leagues. So each league is just a normal 12-team redraft league. Really, the main draw is the scoring. Um, so deep rosters, it's 22-man rosters. There's no trading. It's just fab. You have $100, and that is it. It's early draft in July. So your starters are 2QB, or super flex technically, but 2QB, two running backs, three wide receivers, one tight end, three flex. And then the scoring is half point per reception or point and half point per first down for running backs and wide receivers, but it's one point per reception per first down for tight end, so they get a little bit of a premium. And then the main craziness is, um, so it's a six-point passing league, but you get plus five points for every for 300 yards passing in a game, and then you get five-plus points for each 50 yards rushing or receiving. So to put that in context, uh, CMC, you know, if McCaffrey were to rush and run, rush and catch 100 yards each, he would get an additional 20 points just Oof. in bonus on top of all of that. That's a valuable player right so, there. Jesus Christ. And definitely one of the main reasons I won. And him and I tackled Thomas. I mean, we knew two Oh, Jesus Christ. Kind of did you have Lamar Jackson too? Because that had done it right there. <laughs> I didn't, but... I was uh, waited on quarterback. I got Allen and I got Winston, and with my second to last pick, third to last pick, I got Ryan Tannehill. Oh, Jesus. So nice. Worked yeah. out pretty well with those guys. Yeah. I should say just because I, I keep forgetting to explain this whenever I'm on these things, but uh, the playoffs. So, of these, all these leagues, you have five leagues, if you will, five conferences that, or five divisions that are in a conference, so 60 teams, and Pretty much, you go through week 12, and then through week week 13 is when playoffs start. The top two teams from each division advance, so you would get uh, 240 teams that advance. And then it's literally like, uh, I think that was, I had a buy through that. The top two teams, sorry, get a buy, and then after that, it's 240 teams. And then from the 240, uh, all I know is that week 15, it was me versus nine other people. It was a 10-person playoff, and I was yeah. like, there's no chance I'm winning this. Won that, and then the week after is when it's you versus 20 people. So the finals is just winner-take-all against 20 total, like, 20 people. It's insane. You're like, the odds of me winning are 5%. Yeah. And then here we are. Somehow I won, Damn. and uh, it, it's cool. I... Everything is donation, so it's free to enter. You know, you have to get invited, but uh, invitation after you submit and whatever has to be in it. In terms of all the prizes and all donations, uh, so I will end up getting a donated $250. I haven't gotten that yet. But the coolest thing is you get the Scottish Bowl trophy, which is this huge trophy. And in the trophy, there is even an actual fishbowl. I have not gotten it, I'm really excited. <laughs> to put an actual fish in it. Um, that trophy is donated by um, trophysmack.com. Nice. There's going to be a belt that gets donated, and it's an actual, like, I think WWE-style belt nice. that I get to have. 
Uh, and then just pretty much the recognition of knowing it's better than all of you at fantasy football. Than fucking 20-some thousand or whatever, 100 people. As a, as a returning champ, do you have a lifelong entry now or what? Uh, I was wondering about that. I feel like probably just because, you know... I, yeah, probably. You got to be grandfathered in the, at this point. The little I know about how this works is that Scott Fish himself invites however many people he thinks should be in it, and then it's open to other people like yourself that get that get selected randomly from a pool of people that ask to be in. But yeah, you got to think yeah. that you're going to be invited back. If you don't get invited back, um, we will we will dedicate our lives to making <laughs> Scott Fish miserable for you, buddy, because because uh, we love you. Um, Oh, I will. I will eat that goldfish. Fuck, fuck yeah, eat it. Film it. I'll post it. We'll post it on our website. We'll tweet it out for you. We'll do whatever we. We'll do whatever we can do. All right, uh, I got some other questions for you. So you mentioned there's some strange oddities in in the Scotty Fishbowl's roster setup scoring. I just want to know what was your draft strategy going into this? How different was it from your typical season long strategy? What did you do differently to make sure that you won? <clears throat> Uh, I'm always running back heavy in pretty much any keeper or redraft, even Dynasty. I'm, I'm just a very running back heavy person. Ooh, um, I love the running back heavy strategy. That a boy. Yeah. Decided in this that I was going to try and be a little bit more balanced, especially because the you know wide receivers are more likely to probably get up to 100 yards or get up to 50 yards faster than a running back. Um, but the main thing for me was punt on tight end. People were all over, excuse me, all over them. Uh, Kelsey went. First overall in quite a few of the drafts, um, didn't really make it past top six in almost every draft, and usually by the end of the yes. second round, you had anywhere from three to four tight ends going, and I was like, yeah, screw that, Like, I'm just going to swoop up and get as much talent as I can, and I did not actually draft a tight end until round, I think, 13, and then I went Graham, Ian Thomas, Darren Waller, and Cameron Brait back to back to back to back. Nice. Obviously, Darren Waller worked out pretty damn well. And then I wanted to wait on tight end. And, sorry, wait on wide receiver. And so I waited until round uh, six and seven when uh, Allen and Winston back to back. The one thing I should say that sucked is that an interception is negative four points. Oh, I got the shit. most like, interception prone. And a pick six is negative six. Yeah, you drafted Jameis Winston? Oof. And I got Winston. Ouch. Yeah, but, I, it, but, dude, he was. He was so awesome, except for the finals, he got me eight points, and I still yeah. won. Yeah, no <laughs> shit. No shit. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, now, I think it's interesting that you yeah, punted I mean, the tight end, even though there was a tight end premium. We played in our first tight end premium league this year, and like I took Kelsey in the, the top of the second. I went I went heavy tight ends, but but you had the opposite. It worked out. I like that. Okay. I'm going to write that down. So I do a tight end premium league. Uh, that's what my draft is coming up here in less than an hour, and it's two points per. Yeah. And you realize, like, a half-point addition, for the most part, is maybe adding an extra 50 points, but they don't rack up as much yardage. Right. So you're really hoping to get, you know, like, six for 40 and a touchdown. Like, that's a great week for a tight end, to be honest, right? Unless you're getting one of the top guys. We're not going to go with the top guys because it's a super flex because of the tight end. I got – so I started off the draft. I wanted I – wanted, five players in my first three rounds and I didn't know who I was going to get I just said whoever gets me I wanted either CMC or uh, Michael Thomas or Evans or Devonta Freeman or Aaron Jones mm-hmm. I got all five of them in my Oof. first five rounds in that order I got Aaron Jones in the fifth round Jesus like that's why value baby other position yeah 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 totally two 
That's fucking. That's fucking sweet. All right, Wiz has. Wiz well, has one for you. Here's my question for you, Gary. You just won the Scotty Fishbowl. You put the interesting thing to me is you put yourself in the position to the the, the chance to win. Not you didn't obviously you were down forty points. Um, what management lesson from a fi- football fantasy management lesson do you feel that you take away from this year that you can apply to future years that at least put yourself in that same opportunity? Again, there's a lot of luck that goes into this, but you at least gave yourself the chance to win. What lesson do you have for us? So you talk you talking about mid season management Correct. after the draft? Correct. Okay. So we just talked about the draft. Give me give, give me the mid season management. What, what what do you recommend? What worked for you? Uh, mid-season in a fab league, there's no reason to blow your wad on all your money early. There's always players that go down. I'll be perfectly honest, my two main pickups, I spent, I don't even know if I spent on them, but that was Darius Slayton mm. and Jacob Hollister. Nice. Hollister was a regular starter for me. Slayton, I seem to always play him on the wrong weeks, um, <laughs> including I got a zero. I got a zero from him in week 16. I, I, I probably won't even draft him next year because... Well, fuck that guy. He just needs to sit on the curb for a bit. Yep. Um, other than that, I, yeah, I can tell you stuff from like redraft and keeper and whatnot. But fab leagues are just so weird. They're, they're completely different. If you don't have the ability to trade, I'm a really big proponent of uh, this year. Strangely enough, not in this league. So there's no trading. I made a concerted effort in a lot of my other leagues to like consolidate talent and just trade up and make my bench a little bit weaker. But I have a league where I traded, what did I even trade? David Johnson and Amari Cooper back when they were, I mean, back when David Johnson was awesome, and Calvin Ridley to get Christian McCaffrey. When Christian McCaffrey seemed like he was doing well, but it was going to be a little too much. And then, same thing, Aaron Rodgers and Austin Eckler before he fell off, I traded him to get Patrick Mahomes. And so I had this one league where I ended up having Mahomes, Zeke, and McCaffrey. And I was like, I feel like if you've, into football enough, you know, and you're especially just following news as it comes out, then you just jump on whatever app you're using and you're able to pick up players and just kind of fill up. And so I'm a, I'm a big proponent of if you're spending enough time on it, you're probably going to be active enough on the waiver wire to uh, fill out the spots and just, you know, try and go all deep and, and get it going. I like your, I like, I like this three for one trade you're talking about, two for I get. I get personally nervous about putting three guys like the guys you just listed into a trade, but you're saying, fuck, if it, it worked for you. If you believe in a guy's talent, just fuck, pay whatever you need to to get them, right? In most of my leagues, it does not work because you can't. You have to offer the same amount of people. That's Do silly. you? Yeah. What a bullshit rule that is. It's not, it's not, I mean, it's the website, actually, the problem. Fuck you, Wiz. Bullfrog, hit us with another question. All right, Gary, enough fantasy football for a minute here. Uh, outside of, you know... I think I know the answer to this question before you even ask it. Outside of close friends and family that may listen to our show, you may be the listener that knows us better than anyone. Boom. Since so, from us, with us from the beginning, buddy. There's care of excellence and BDS. From all your them? knowledge, from all your listening, from all the, the traits about each one of us that you've learned, that you've picked up on over the years, you got to pick one for each category here, Gary. Dewey's nuts, big whiz of the bullfrog. Who are you gonna fuck? Who are you gonna marry? Who are you gonna kill? <laughs> Bullfrog's a dirty son of Tell a bitch. Tell me now. <laughs> Tell me now. I'm definitely marrying with pretty sure he's a teacher, so at least I know he's smarter <laughs> than you other two. Nice. <laughs> I think I might say that. <laughs> nice. Um, Am I wrong? I'm pretty sure Wiz is a teacher. He's not. Nope. No, 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 one of us is a teacher, not. but it ain't the Wiz. Bullfrog's what the teacher. Okay. 
Bullfrog in the future. Well, fuck. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna kill him. I'm gonna kill Bullfrog. All right. And I'm just gonna pretend that Wiz is. So I guess Dweez might fucking. Oh, right. we're getting we're getting dirty. Man, sounds like you got a little something something for Dweez. We're getting Dweez nuts. We're getting Gary. dirty, Gary. I'm a little nervous. <laughs> I like it, buddy. You and me, we're gonna catch up. We're gonna catch up later. Uh, all right, look, uh, I got another question for you. I want to ask. We're playoff time. There's obviously a lot of ways to get out there and continue your fantasy football experience in the playoffs. You know, you got the NFL fantasy thing. Bullfrog, you and I are doing a fantasy thing this this season um I, but i was talking to you earlier uh before the show and you said you had some interesting fantasy playoff action going on tell us a little bit about what you do and how it might be different from what the rest of us are into so i never know how to make this a short answer but my favorite league it's actually uh, two of them they're copycats just with different people but uh, my favorite league is a league that regular season it's just like a normal redraft actually it's a keeper league but it goes weeks one through 16 and then in the playoff whoever advances into the normal playoffs you're not playing your normal like whoever you drafted you are playing where you redraft each round the most fun thing about fantasy is getting to redraft and so we do this in the playoffs so if you were in the wild card round because you didn't get a buy which I did then Nice. You and three other players are drafting from the available players mm. in the wild card round. Whoever advances, then the two bye week teams come in, same four teams draft to divisional. And then when you get to the conference champion, uh, conference championship, you have two teams that are drafting and they're just playing one on one. But this league is actually set up as a copy, as a dual league, whatever it's called, mirror league. And so you actually have two 10 team leagues. Pretty much you guys need the Super Bowl. The winner from one league and the winner from the other league needs the Super Bowl to play head-to-head, and you have a draft using the Super Bowl team. So my hope is that uh, next week I'm going to be drafting against whoever else wins, and then I'll win again, and in the Super Bowl I'm going to be going head-to-head with in a draft against the guy that's in this other kind of near league. From a, it's, I don't even know how to explain it in words. It's so much easier to type it. It's it's amazing. It's so much damn fun. And yeah. so this is my league at two, two, uh, two PPR uh, for tight ends. And so I got the one hundred one, and you know it's, it's a linear draft. So I want the first round, uh, first pick in each round. So I'm going to go with Kelsey. I think I'm debating between Kelsey and Kittle. So you guys tell me who's going to have a better week this week, Kelsey or Kittle? It's got to be fucking. Kittle. No, it's Kelsey. The answer. The answer is Kelsey I think all the I'm way. I'm leaning Kittle. The Houston Texans are a really bad team. I think they're 26th in the league defending the tight end. And buddy. the Vikings are might be the bottom 26. No, no, they're bullshit. Not. They're Look at that. But Kelsey's banged up, man. His knee is his bad. knee's pretty rough right now. The, Bullfrog and I talked a little bit about Kelsey uh, this week. Not Kelsey and Kittle, but uh, we're we're talking tight ends, and we decided in our playoffs we're rolling out Kelsey with. A lot of I conviction. I thought we were saving him. No, we are going We're roll saving him. Mark Andrews. That's right. But we're, we're rolling Kelsey out this week. This week is the matchup. I don't care if he's injured. He'd play him. Draft him. Who's Casey playing? Houston. Wiz is, lo- is looking it up for 10. us. 10.5. There you go. I don't know what that means, 10.5. 10. 10. 10. 10. 10. 10. 10. Alexander out and Jaron Kirst out. I feel like there's a good chance that they just go heavy Kittle. They might. They might. It's just so hard to ever bet against Kittle. The problem is I'm a diehard Niners fan, and I'm so weirdly, like, 
I don't like playing Niners on my fantasy squad, but I don't yeah. like playing whoever they're playing because I don't want to be in a situation where I'm pumped that they won, but I'm sad that yeah. I lost fantasy or vice versa. It's tough. Like, I get that. The weird, the weird thing about these two guys, at least for me, back half of the season, it seems like everybody's all over Kittle's nut right now, man. People are fucking jacked about Kittle. They're talking be, about you Kittle. You'd be over his fucking nuts. But, you'd be licking his nuts. But nobody's talking about Travis K- I'll tell you what. I made a really stupid tweet a couple of weeks ago because I was very drunk. And did, I you suggested, <laughs> did you catch that one, Gary? I suggested, they play, nuts? I suggested you play OJ Howard over George, George Kittle. Kittle. I made that bet. But what, look, what, what these two hosts said? The world of Twitter lambasted me. They said, George Kittle's the best fucking tight end in the world. Not a single per Like, my response to everybody was, what about Kelsey? And I didn't get a response from anybody, man. Like, Kelsey's, Kelsey's the best tight end in the league. All the statistical fucking evidence points to Kelsey being the best tight end in the league. The, the fucking, you watch the games, the empirical evidence says... Kelsey's the best tight end in the league. Maybe he's George the Kittle's the most excited. Is he playing a better offense? Both better. things, dude. <laughs> Fucking Kelsey is the best tight end in the league. No, he's not. What, I mean, you, what, what are you going to say? Actually, not correct. It is actually not correct. Kittle is a better tight end. He's a better overall tight end. Bullshit. Walker right now. Bullshit. And do you remember? Do you, hey, do you remember when Kelsey had? What broke the record last season and he held it. Oh, yeah. So Kittle broke it 20 minutes later. For like four minutes. Yeah, I do remember. I mean, if you want to look at it, you can you can make an argument for Mark Andrews being the best tight end. He's got the most touchdowns in the league right now. But Kelsey's the best there is. There, period. Draft him. You're fine. Don't play Kittle. You don't want to, you don't want to get in that situation. You're not wrong. But, but who am I to say? You won the Scotty Fishbowl. I didn't even fucking get in. I tried. Take your boy, baby. Take your boy. Both of my co-hosts, Wiz and the Bullfrog, are telling you to go Kittle. Yeah. I, I will According put a, to Fantasy Football Toolbox, it's a one-point spread between those two teams. I will put a shot on it for everybody involved. Very drunk co-owner. A uh, very drunk co-owner who's in Reno right now with this Lucas Zimmerman. And, oh, man, I'm pretty sure that whatever he says is going to go because he's just going to be too fucked up to, to be <laughs> rational. So, just hey, maybe that's you guys it. right now. We'll see. I can't believe that you posted that stupid fucking Dude, I got. Yeah, you're an idiot. Look, this is what happens sometimes. I get very drunk, and then I say something. Oh Jesus, no! Look, man, I get drunk. Then my co-host called me out, and then I feel like I have to defend myself as vehemently as possible. It was a mistake, and I admit that it was a mistake, and I apologize to the world. I won't admit it was a mistake in print, but I'll do it on air. We lost every other listener we had on that comment, Gary. We did lose a couple. Yeah. We did lose a couple. Um, all right, I don't know that we have any other questions for you. Let's talk about our topic of the week, folks. Wait, no. Let's talk stat of the week. I want to hit you with my fucking... Big Wiz on his stat of the week. Um, it's not Big Wiz this time. It's Dweez Nuts and his stat of the week. Wildly um, unrelated to anything and unimportant as a stat, but I think it's interesting. I want to know... It might take me a second to explain this, guys. <laughs> I want to know from you guys. Let's take a shot first. Number five, fuckers. It's my number four, so... Mm. A little bit stronger <laughs> for you. That one's still not a good shot. That's a bad shot. Old Smokey. I sipped it when I did it over Christmas. Sipped it. I also sipped it. Guys, my, <clears throat> here's my stat of the week. I want to know the top three offensive 
plays. Um, now, cl to clarify, by top three offensive plays, I'm going for most gross yardage. So you know when a guy runs back and forth across the field a bunch of times and then gains two yards, you can say that he ran for 62 yards to get that two. I want to know the top three most gross yardage run in an offensive play this year. See if you guys can guess who did it, okay? Lamar Jackson's one. He's not one of them, no. I thought McCole Hardman had a long one. Not nope. the case. Hollywood Brown. I'm going to start with the top one overall that you guys will never guess. It's Andy Isabella for the Arizona Cardinals. Okay. Let me tell you the play. He had an 88-yard touchdown catch. He didn't catch Week a lot 17, of balls. Week 17, right? Or 16 or something? I don't know. Right at the idea. end of the year. He, had a, he didn't catch a lot of balls, but he did an 88-yard touchdown catch. And on that play, he ran for 122 Jeez. yards to get there. He was zigzagging. That was nothing. Man. That was nothing. These next two guys are guys that you might be able to guess. One is a longtime in the league speedster that played for a new team this year. The other one is a running back that spent a, a fair chunk of the year injured, but we know him as a failed back somewhere else before he finally got a starting position after an unfortunate punt. <laughs> a speedster in a new team. At the wide receiver position. And a running back who failed somewhere else. Failed somewhere else and finally got a starting role after an unfortunate punting. Oh, uh, Kareem Hunt? Well, it's not Kareem Hunt, but Kareem Hunt did the punting. Who gave the starting role to? Uh, Chubb? No, no. Chubb. Oh, it's Damian Williams. Damian fucking Williams. Week 17 had, again. At the third longest gross yardage play of the season. As an 80-yard touchdown run, he ran 107.1 yards to get it. This next one is mind-blowing how far this guy had to go to score this uh, touchdown. Another receiver been in the league for a while. So a speedster, speedster on a new team. New team. Kenny Stills. Not Kenny Stills. John Brown? It is John fucking Brown. Johnny Brown's... Buffalo Bills, first year. From the Ravens. Yes, sir. John Brown. Okay, John... This is, this is not the guy that was in Kansas once he got hung. It was, he was in... Uh, what, it was Baltimore. Arizona? And then Arizona, Baltimore. Yeah, Arizona, Baltimore. He's sickle, oh, sickle cell. <laughs> yeah. Sickle cell. All right. Did you say about getting hung in Kansas? <laughs> I don't know. Hunt? With Hunt? Was he hanging out with Kareem in Kansas? I don't know. Jesus. Just keep going. <laughs> Listen... That's racist. John Brown scored a 28-yard touchdown reception once. 28 yards from scrimmage. And he ran? He ran 108.2 yards fuck? to get there. I don't know this play, but What's that damn. NFL account, man? 108 point something yards to go 28 for the touchdown. That was... I, I think those stats are interesting. Wildly un, unrelated to fantasy football. You don't fucking care, but... Maybe it's a, a D plus. It was interesting. And now for more dumb shit I heard this week. Let me talk dumb shit to you guys for a little bit. I want to talk. I want to go to the great state of Ohio. Y'all love Ohio. I think it's the armpit of the. the and you're not even the the native Michigander. I'm not, but it's still that shitty. So I say Ohio football fans because Cleveland Browns fans and Cincinnati Bengals fans are both involved in this dumb shit. Here it is. The state of Ohio has recently approved medical marijuana. Okay? Now, one of the steps that any state that approves medical marijuana has to go through is that they have to decide exactly what medical conditions qualify for marijuana. And they do that based on um, you sign, you get petitions going, you sign these petitions, you say, hey, these people think this is, is something that should be qualified. And then a big board 
looks at it and either approves it or denies it. There were two petitions that were just turned into this board in the state of Ohio, along with dozens and dozens of others. The two that I want to talk about were this. There was a petition. There was a petition signed by thousands of people that said, being a fan of the Cleveland Browns should qualify as a condition that needs medical marijuana. Another petition that said the same fucking thing for the Cincinnati Bengals. Two separate petitions turned into... Th- and you know what? They, they took the... Pet- and they're going to look at it. And they're going to decide later. But yes, both Ohio NFL teams, um, they're hard to be fans of, let's be honest. Like, they're fucking hard. One of them gives you a little bit of hope every Kinda year. Like the Lions. One of them gives you a little bit of hope every year. And hasn't fucking won a playoff game in, what, 20 of them? 20 years? If uh, Art Modell doesn't move them out, they, I mean, if they still get to draft Ray Lewis, that... that well, now you're talking about, I'm talking about Cincinnati. Well, Cleveland doesn't saying, ever give you hope. They gave you hope this year, but otherwise, Cleveland's fucking Cleveland. Does Cincinnati really ever... It was Cincinnati. Went to, you, talk, you said it the other day, like, Marv Lewis. I thought Marv, Marv Lewis was, was a good coach. He, was, he made him competitive. Here's the, here's the question, though. Out of those two cities, and actually the real armpit, I naturally assume it is Cincinnati. It's 100% Cleveland, brother. I've, no, I've been, no, I've, I've been to both cities. No, no, Cleveland, Cleveland there's something going on. Like, there, there's they have like, a the, casino. The, the Rock Hall of Fame? They, they have the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, yes. Yeah. And they have a casino. What does Cincinnati have? Uh, Cleveland's also managed Fucking to... Fucking Kentucky? Cleveland's also managed to light Lake Erie on fire several times. Like, that's... It is what it is. I thought that was hilarious when I when I read that. Obviously, that's not gonna. Well, it might pan out for the Browns fans anyway. I don't who's, know about the who's Bengals. Cleveland got left to go after for a head coach. They first they got to get a new GM as oh, they fired yeah, Dorsey, Dorsey. Dorsey, which is uh, look Dorsey put brought a lot of talent. Talent. In. Oh he brought God. a lot of talent him. into that team. Dorsey, John Dorsey knows how to bring talent to it. Bring me one of those, would you? Not yours, mine. Um, Breeze knows how to bring talent. It's not his fault that the coach that fucking Kitchens couldn't. It, make it's his play. problem for putting Kitchens in charge. Is it's the his. There. Is he the one that makes that decision? Yes. On his own? Well, then yes, it's his fault. Or for he's not, the one who recommends that decision. You know who should have gotten that job? No, enlighten me. What? Uh, what's his fuck? The D coordinator that that took Williams. Over. Greg Williams. Yeah, Greg Williams should have gotten that yes. fucking job. As it, he came in as an interim head coach. He's the one who should have got it. Yes. I, I was pissed. Off. I, I if you listen back, I was pissed off when he didn't get the job. He deserved it. I, I think it's still Riley Lincoln Riley out of Oklahoma is still a candidate. Um, Yo, they talk. They they had uh, Josh McDaniels in there for the last forty eight straight and, and hours. And they say he's the front runner. Yeah. I think there's no way to get Lincoln Riley, honestly, unless you give him the, the Matt Matt Rule. I mean, Matt Rule, I think, got, what, eight years at $60 million? Oh, my Jesus. I mean, huge money. There's wow. no reason $70 why. million. Okay, seven, seven oh, years insane. at $70 million for Rule. Seven Fuck years. Seven years, $70 million. Yeah, that, that, that's the same. That, that, per year, that is the exact same giant Gruden guy who's already won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, that's a lot. Well, I mean, these big fucking schools in college are paying these coaches so goddamn They don't pay them $10 million a year, dude. Do they not? No, because Saban's number one. And what I are think, they paying Dan? I, I think Saban gets eight, six. Okay. In, in, I think Dabo is right. Dabo, I think it, the, the Dabo Dabo's coaching staff, I think, is the highest more than Alabama's. But I think Venables, Venables, is, oh god, he's good though. Yeah, he's good. Although he 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 did get made a fool out of early in that Ohio State game. Hey, real quick, who's, but, who's gonna what's? But he just let me ask you this. Let's switch switch gears for a second here. Clemson LSU. The line right now is six points to LSU. Who do you take? 
As a gambler or as a straight picket? As a gambler. Clemson. With the points. Yes. Yeah, I like that pick. With, can, the, with the points. They can score. Their well, defense is better than LSU, too. Their offense isn't quite as good, but damn close. You th- what about straight up? Do you think that Clemson stands a chance? If they're going to win fuck, by less than six? Fuck yeah, they stand a chance. If you can... But it's gonna be. It should be a fucking hell. Of I'm game. not sure it's good enough to stop Joe Burrows. Is the question? I think that I think that Clemson Ohio State game was gonna be was a better game than this one. That's what everyone's already said. Is that that was probably the best game? Elsie's gonna win this game. I think, I think I, Clemson's I mean, I gonna not. surprise and hang I tough. So. I hope so. They've done it before. Well, not the, these kids, but <laughs> Trevor Lawrence has. Well, he's, he's been there. Oh, well, he did win the last year. Did yes, he? he did. Yeah, Dabble's a hell of a coach. That was a hell of a coach. Renables is a good, great coach. You know, he gives all credit to God. Too much credit to God for my take. Every fucking Southern Baptist does, and I'm not... Motherfuck, dude. Let's talk about our topic of the week. Our topic of the week is this. We're going to start... We're going to talk about end-of-season risers, end-of-season fades, guys. Uh, that means basically this. Look, I want one guy from you that over the last half of the season, maybe the playoffs, maybe the last couple of games performed in such a way that made you think, hey, maybe this guy's going to come up my draft boards moving through this offseason. Really impressed you. You saw something on the field out of this guy at the end of the season that you liked. Let's start reverse. Let's start with the guys that we actually are most disappointed in. So this is the fades and the exact opposite. Somebody that maybe in the back half of the season really disappointed. Uh, You had high hopes going in, but something made you say, you know what, this guy's fallen off my board Maybe he's going to be one of those do not drafts. Was I, I? I assume you want to start us off. Sure, I will start it. To me, it is Christian Kirk, um, wide receiver with the Arizona Cardinals. Look, in the first four weeks, he was a top ten wide receiver. He put up big points early. He had a lot lots of, of targets. Lots dude. of targets, receptions, yards. They were all there. Yet he still finished as wide receiver number fucking fifty six. He got hurt. He got hurt continuously. He was on the injured list all all year long. Um, Arizona, we talked about being just good in general. They finished still bottom 20 in points. In, from weeks 8 af- afterwards, he had eight, eight, I guess 8 of the 16 weeks that he's played, he had 10 points or less. Just very average as a wide receiver. Nothing to be right, right home about. Uh, weeks 9 through 17, 0. Keep in mind, 0 TDs. His longest reception was only 34 yards. He only had a total of 3 TDs all year. Was that all in one game, too? Yes. <laughs> it, it was, was right? all in one, one game. Fucking one blow up fucking game, game yeah. where he blew up. He went yeah. nuts in one game. Yeah. And he, he he can win you that game or the wet week because of it. Um, 4.4% of his fucking catches were fucking a TD. That is 158, folks. That's just terrible. It's bad. Yards per reception at 10.4 is number 89. Fantasy points per route ran number 54. 0.41 points per game. Not a lot. Just in terms of efficiency, he has bad numbers. Um, fantasy points per target, number 77, 1.54. The interesting thing here is he's still going to finish at number 32 at 12.8 points per game. Um, but he missed three games. Froggy said before he was injured all the fucking time. There's only one game where he fucking scored a touchdown in. Just There's not enough consistency here to, to actually buy into Christian Kirk, folks. He's not good enough. And we talked about him a lot in the offseason, like, hey, this offense is going to score points. He could be a big recipient, but, yeah. They didn't score enough points, and he just wasn't good enough. And this wasn't even a back half of the year. I mean, yeah, he started off he well started his targets, but, like, touchdowns. Oh, no, honestly, I, th- I think, like you just said, uh, you go all a bit, like, week. I think it was week, week 
one through three was phenomenal. Week four, he got hurt. I think he missed weeks uh, he missed five through weeks. eight, mm-hmm. and, and he just was just average fans. at best. Yeah. Even though Kyler got it done. Yep. Yeah, it's surprising how he, how, he got to, how he finished so high, just those little rushing numbers. Without a lot. Even Larry. See, Larry fell off hard, too. It wasn't that good too. passing. Give it a time. lot of running back passes, a little, little bit of chips here and there. Kenyon Drake, baby. Yeah. Bullfrog, hit me with your fade, end of season fade. I was focused on wide receivers here. I had a couple that I was thinking about. Uh, a couple of the other guys I was kind of tossing out there was guys like Julian Edelman. I think you're going to be falling down my list from this last year. Maybe even Cooper Cup. Just I just lost a little love for Cooper Cup late in the season. I understand. Everybody that did. He was the wide receiver two hey, in the first hey. half of the year, and God only knows where. And he I still only, finished I weeks fourteen through seventeen with a touchdown every, every touchdown. game. I get yeah, that, but, but they were all something changed. junk yeah, time. Something changed. I don't care. Anyway, the one I picked is going to be Tyler Lockett. Mm. He finished. The season in half-point PPR is wide receiver number 18, which is right about fucking where I had him. I, I ranked him as number 16 in my off my preseason projections. So he's a guy that I nailed pretty damn good. Uh, but looking into his statistics over his last eight games, he only had three games of more than 12 half-point PPR points. That means five of them were dud starts. And as an owner in one of my leagues of Tyler Lockett, you know, he cost me a run at the championship. I was in the title game. Is this an emotional I'm, statement right there. now? No. Are you no, sure? This is factual. Emotions Look should play with Jesus. Look at the facts. Plus, I'm just I'm kind of buying into DK a little bit. Kind of? Or or your eyes tell you you definitely should be? He's, he's looking like he's going to become the number one receiver for the Seahawks. Maybe even by next season already. Maybe it's already happened. Uh, I know Lockett was a little banged up in the second half of the season, but who isn't? Who the fuck isn't in the NFL? Who's not banged up in playing on the field? Not too many guys unless your name's Kareem Hunt because you Mm. punted a bitch. Punted a bitch in the face. You got Will Disley coming back. You got Hollister. They're going to be involved in the passing game. Rashad Penny's going to be involved as in the passing game. We saw when he was healthy what he could do as a receiver out of the backfield. Volume was never going to be promising in that Seattle offense anyway. He had a few games this season where he had some big target games. The thing about Seattle is they're never trailing by too, too much. I was in it. Like, in the couple games that they were, yeah, he might have had, like, a 16-target game and a 12-target game, but with Russell Wilson and that the way they play, they're just never that team. Very rarely, once or twice a season, they'll go on the road and just fucking lay an egg. And that's it. Otherwise, they're in a game, which means they're not just going to be chucking. They're going to stick to the game plan. Uh, so I'm going to be going probably, like, a number 16 ranking this season down to... I'm thinking the 25 to 30 ballpark on a guy like Lockett. Uh, late game situations, I wanted to look that up and just kind of see because, you know, if you watch these playoff games, who's Russell starting to lean towards? It's all about that DK. DK Metcalf. So these, these, this statistic here is only the regular season. I just looked at fourth quarter, under five minutes remaining. And as a rookie, to already be level with a proven guy like Lockett's pretty impressive. Lockett had 12 catches on 16 targets in the fourth quarter of games with less than five minutes. DK had 12, same amount of catches, with more targets, 21. As a rookie, that's pretty impressive. And if you've been watching these playoff games, 
he's kind of taken over that late ball guy already. He's six fucking three, like yep. two forty, and runs a four three forty. Look, some of this might some of this might be because Bullfrog and I are playing in a pick them once and they're done playoff fantasy, so you can't pick them again. And last week we picked Lockett over DK Metcalf. Which which hurt us. We I had, liked DK. Remember, we, I said I liked. You did. DK. We only ended a couple of points behind. All right. We're all right. The leader. We're fine. But if we'd have picked, we would be DK. Right we'd now. be yeah. sitting in first place. Um, the uh, Bachelorette chose DK Metcalf in her yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> draft case. I wonder winner. if that's been paid out yet, or if I don't, that's uh, I still don't being held. Think she's going to win any money? All right, guys. I'm going to go running back here for my end of season fade, and that's going to be David Montgomery. Much to the chagrin of our good friend. The good doctor who told us, Wiz, as soon as the draft happened, we're going to be really happy with David Montgomery because people can't tackle David fucking Montgomery. That may or may not be the case, but David Montgomery fucking, I mean, maybe it's the line. Maybe the he line got, was I know, terrible. I know he got hit in the backfield a lot, but David Montgomery, there were early in the season, I said it on the show a couple times, I know I said it to you a few times, he looked good with the ball. Late in the season... I didn't see him breaking tackles. I didn't see him making people miss when it mattered. I don't. Yes, he's being met at the line at best sometimes, but he wasn't making anybody miss, which is the thing that David Montgomery is supposed to be great at. Look, he ended the running back 24 on the season. Weeks 10 through 17, he was the running back 34, which doesn't sound real bad, but watching him on the field, the eye test tells me that like this kid's not just not what he was touted to be. Only two touchdowns in the last eight weeks of the season, one of those rushing, one of those receiving, and only in those two games did he score double-digit fantasy points out of those last eight games in the year. That's not good. That's not what you want. I drafted this kid, I think, in the third or fourth round wherever I had him in fantasy, and that's not what you need out of somebody you draft that high if you plan to win. He was 44th. In the league, in yards after contact, with only 1.6 yards per carry after contact. So regardless of where he's being hit, this is a guy that's supposed to be able to make people miss. Not the case. That's not what the stats fucking lay out for us as we look at it. 44th in the league there. Now, to make matters worse... Go ahead. I want to make an argument with you. A complete opposite here. Please do. Um, I, I don't have a problem with your statements on, on your issues... The, the stats or the facts you brought up so far, fair enough, great. Uh, the offensive line sucks, bad, and they have a coach who doesn't commit to the run. Well, let's be clear, okay? Let, let's. After, what was it, week seven when he ran the ball five times? Yeah. From that point on, they ran the ball. This kid was getting this, this kid was getting 20 touches a game. He was going 15 to 20 every game after <clears throat> that. Five five with a game. bad offensive line again, but they, he doesn't he doesn't really problem I have with this offense in general is they don't reliably commit to the run. You're not you're not getting he's not getting quality touches. He's getting poor touches. You you, you get the, sure you, he gets runs when it's fucking predicted. Yes, the point is there's, there's ten guys in the box and he gets the fucking ball. Oh, I'm gonna touch that. I'm gonna yeah, touch on that point in a minute. But listen, what I will respond to your your point saying this. Same coach, same quarterback next year. Like what's changing? Why am I drafting this kid next year? I'm not. That's the point. Um, look, uh, to your point, you said, hey, he's getting the guy with 10 guys in the box. Fact is this. 54% of, 52, sorry, percent of David Montgomery's carries on the year 
were with six or fewer defenders in the box. That was near the top in the league for starting running backs. Only 3.7 yards per carry, regardless of that. More than half of his touches came with less than seven men in the box. 3.7 yards per carry on the year. That's not good. Okay, you say quality touches. Well, if quality touches means you don't have a ton of guys in the box, well, 52% of his touches on the fucking season, his carries on the season, were quality. Did you watch, you you call yourself a Bears fan. Yes. Did you watch the Bears offense? Yeah. What do you think of the Bears offense? Trash. Trash. Why? Trash heat. Predictable? I like what you said, predictable. Like, when you were handed it off to him, you knew, you you knew what knew. they were trying to do. Oh, yeah. And it's just like, oh, there goes the stuff. Yeah. So so let me point to this this point. This stands out as another point to me. Part of the reason they drafted David Montgomery is because he can catch the ball coming out of the backfield. In fact, they said very clearly, like, we picked up Mike Davis because we want a running back on the field all the time that defenses don't know what's going to happen. We want a guy that can catch the ball. The first eight games of the season, David Montgomery was averaging three targets per game. We talked about this in week 15. Which is fine. Three targets a game for a running back is, is fine. Last last eight games of the season, one target per right. game. Like, they stopped throwing. It's still, Cohen got all the targets He only still. had 35 targets on the year. Like, if that's what you want to do, if you want a full defense, just do it. We, saw, we know this kid has the ability to do it, but... Whether it's the play calling, whether it's the offensive line, or whether it's his inability to break tackles and make yards happen, all of those things say that he's not getting it done. I'm not drafting this kid next year. Look, last thing here, okay? So even though he stopped catching the ball, even though he wasn't making yardage happen for himself, which great backs can do even on bad offenses... He was still getting the ball on the goal line. He was still the goal line back because Tariq Cohen is not that guy. In fact, he had the second highest percentage of goal line work on his team in the entire league. 87.5% of the rushes inside the five from his team went to him. That's the second highest in the league. He had 14 carries inside the five. And that team had a very, very good offensive uh, red zone production. Look, the average success rate... The 24 guys had more than eight carries inside the five. The average success rate, touchdown rate of those guys, 46% of those carries went. And that's average in the league. David Montgomery had 36% of those. Only a handful of guys did worse. Joe Mixon did worse. Nick Chubb did worse. Obviously, Nick. Ch- uh, we talked about this a few weeks ago. Nick Chubb is the worst inside the five running back in the league. Carryon Johnson had, had a lower success rate. Those are the only three guys that had a lower success rate. Granted, Cincinnati's offensive line is... Oh, Frank Gore, too, right? Whatever. Uh, Cincinnati's offensive line is trash. Cleveland's rushing offensive line, we talked about that in the offseason, not very good. But nothing about David Montgomery's year this year is exciting to me. Whether it's the line, whether it's the coaching, or whether it's his inability to do what he did in college, which is make yards happen on his own. Nothing. Nothing. He can't... can't, He's not going to... I don't agree with anything you said, just... It, I'm not sure it's all... I, no, I don't... It's not all him. It, it's not about whether it's him or not. It's about whether or not this guy is somebody I'm going to put on my fantasy team. Gary, let's talk about some fades. Or, or, or who is, Who's a guy that really fucked up back half of the season for you? Uh, and maybe for you, in your eyes, draft stock just dropped off the face of the earth. Maybe I'm just a scorn lover and saying this, but Terry M. Johnson, Oof. I just... I, oh, my God. 
Do you remember when uh, Riddick got traded? And oh, God. Everybody lost their shit, myself included. And it was just like, oh, my God, this guy's about to be the next Christian McCaffrey type thing. Like, he's so amazing, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't care about uh, Patricia and what he's going to do. And then all of a sudden, it was like, oh, yeah. Like, Dude. He's on the line. I did the same thing. I'm, I, I think I made a bet with these guys that carry on would score less than eight touchdowns. Uh, and then as soon as that Riddick thing came, I, I flipped script and I pumped him up to like my top five running backs. I did. I, I lost my goddamn mind. I overcorrected too much. So I'm right there with you. But uh, scorned lover sounds about right. I might, I, might, I might go after him again next year, though, because I'm hard-headed like that. Anyone concerned about what Patricia in that offense? I, I, don't, I just don't see a lot of longevity or how many points or a lot of opportunity in that offense in general. Yeah, that's not. I mean, they score. They score. They, they score, score, score differently, differently than the game, they don't they pound score. the ball. Is, is my concern. No, they're better when they're passing. Yeah, they're a better team. Okay, when but you passing. plug Stafford back in there. Is it going to change? No, they're a better team when they just keep chucking the ball. No, deep. I know that's no. I mean, that's what I mean. With well, Stafford, Stafford was in there the whole damn time. Well, I mean, David Blows came in there since Thanksgiving and fucking took over. What about Tua in Detroit? How does that change? I think that sounds good. For carry on. Fucking terrible. Get over it. Number three overall, now, Patricia's baby. Patricia's gone. I don't trust. I don't trust Carry On until Patricia's not there. Patricia. Do you think? I, I just at this point, he's all, he's along the same lines as James Conner. Like I don't know how a coach trusts you right. to carry more than fifty percent of the load. Yeah, I can't. Do you think he's a talented running back without Patricia? Fuck yeah. Oh, I think he's fantastic. Guys. I think he's terrible. He, he needs some load management, one way or the other. Okay, with Froggy. But and maybe maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Maybe he's not. Injury problem, but it definitely seems like it. Either he's going to get worked too heavy and then he's going to get injured, or he's not going to get worked enough because he's going to be in like uh, an Eagles esque, like three person backfield. And all of a sudden, he's going to be drafted. He's going to consistently be overdrafted. I will say in my like main, my main keeper league, I traded uh, Terry on and Christian Kirk, and I got Galladay and Singletary, and I am Oof. through the roof at it. Yeah, great fucking trade, man. You should play with better fantasy yeah. players. Gary, how many shots you deep? I got five. Uh, I only have the one, but I have beer to accompany me. The God damn it. I mean, you, tomorrow, could, I gotta... you could fucking power hour this thing and take a bunch of shots of beer. I'm not opposed to that. That's fine. Let's flip the script here. Go to end of season risers. Mostly, be, we got to move it along. Bullfrog keeps checking his watch. So let's fucking go. Bullfrog, start us off. Who did something at the end of the year that really impressed you? Said, hey, I need to move this guy up my draft boards next year. Actually, I'm just getting fucking sleepy. Jesus take a shot. It's been a long, what do you, it's been what do you a take long fucking sh- week. That's a Petri. Jesus Christ. Cash it out. Anyway, I can give you guys some knowledge. Yeah, look, you gotta fucking hold it together for the listener. I'm here for you guys. Singular. Alright, so this is, a, this is a big lesson here, you know. Go ahead. I did. Right, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go with a guy that I bad-mouthed all off-season, and I fucking bad-mouthed him to the victory with Delvin Cook, and that's Joe Mixon. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like, stick to your guns, bro. No, that's a lesson to be learned, guys. You know, in the last couple seasons, Derrick Henry was kind of on my do-not-draft list. See, I, think, I think I think get emotional. The three of us met... Over a Derrick Henry, Deion Lewis conversation, if y'all remember. I remember. It was in my yard. No, it was at the Madsons. It was Madsons. First time. Easter cookout. 
Ooh. Easter. Yeah, it was an Easter get together. We got to celebrate. I don't think I was there. In April. You were there. I don't think I was. You were fucking there. The three of us were. You came later. Fun fact. In the same week that that Jesus rose from the grave, 86 other guys purportedly rose from their graves. Why don't we talk about them? Interesting. I don't know that 86 did. I only know that one. 85 did not. Other ones did not. 86. 86, sorry. Look at Richard Dawkins. Yeah, he's a smart guy. Go ahead. Anyway, we'll cut that. <laughs> no, we won't. Uh, God doesn't exist. So Joe Mixon, you know, he's, re- he's re-entering my draft board this season. Uh, let's take a look at what he did in the second half. I think most you know, most guys that play fantasy are pretty aware, but here's the facts. First eight games, 101 carries, 321 yards, Ugh. zero touchdowns, Jesus. 19 catches, 25 targets, 110 receiving yards, bailed out with three touchdown catches. That was right, running back number 37 and a half point PPR with an average of 3.17 yards per carry. And 8.8 fantasy points per game. He won you zero. That is ugly. He lost he you. He won you no matchups. He lost you lots In the of first eight games. He That's lost you. Trash. If you drafted him in the first or second, third round. Number one keeper on more of my teams. You lost those games. Thanks to Joe. Last eight games. 177 carries. 817 yards. Five touchdowns. 16 carries on 20 targets. Or excuse me. 16 catches on 20 targets for 177 yards. Zero touchdowns. Running back number six, four point six yards per carry, seventeen point two fantasy points per game. It's pretty impressive. He won you matchups a few weeks if you were still ballsy enough. I mean, you not were, you not were in the like, toilet bowl, not like oh, uh, not like uh, Wolfpack. Yeah, but fucking Wolfpack, cuts his ass. Wolfpack cut him. I mean, okay. Yeah, the flip side of that is if Wolfpack cuts him. Let's say the doctor's in the same league as him and picks him up. Now he is win- Now he is chance to win you. Sure. Exactly. Um, so, just running on a little bit here. And like I said, last year, you know, he was not on my draft list. I think I had him ranked as the... Number four, 10. What did I have him? I think I had him ranked as the 11th running back coming into last season. He finished number 12 overall. If you count week 17 where he had a big week. Otherwise, he was number 16 if you did not count week 17. So I was relatively accurate. I actually ranked him higher. This year, I think he's going to be inside of the top 10. You know, He's going to be a second-round pick to third-round pick for me, but that might not be early enough. I think there's going to be some Joe Mixon truthers out there that still believe he's going to be a first-round draft pick or early second. I'm not sure if I'm buying in that quick, but I would – uh, take him into effect late second, early third. According to Player Profiler, he was the number one running back in evaded tackles with 104. Talk about a bad line. But That's somebody that made shit happen with a bad line. Second half, at least. Uh, that made him number two overall in yards created with 576. He only had, like I think, 1,138 yards on the season. If half of, half those, of them he did on his own. Yeah. See, that's what you want from somebody like a Montgomery. Uh, Dweez Nuts already brought this up. He did get lots of goal line opportunities. Unfortunately, just the team sucked, and he didn't uh, capitalize on too many of them. But you'd like to see that out of a top running back pick. You'd like to see the opportunity. Uh, A couple things that was bringing him down. Their overall, their number one pick from last season, Jonathan Williams, a lineman, was out the entire season. He'll be back next year. Jonah Williams. Jonah, Jonathan, that's the same name. (laughs) 
Their starting center was injured for the first. <laughs> this may be the bigger one here. Their center was out for the first eight weeks. When did the turnaround occur? Right after that. So that could have played a bigger role than uh, people realize. Another one of their linemen, I can't remember if this was in the preseason or during the season at some point, just decided to retire at the age of 30. So they kind of threw it. So they're running, you know, half their offensive line was backups, more than half for most of the season. So I think Mixon has a chance to be a good, good running back next year. A lot of it's going to play on their schedule for me, though. Mixon could be a guy where, let's say their first four or five weeks look nice. I'll pick him ass early, ride him out, and fucking trade him. Because I think people will hold his value. He's one of those guys. So schedule's going to be a pl- uh, schedule's going to be a play a big role for Joe Mixon for me next year. Because you got to play Baltimore and Pittsburgh teams like that. You're going to see where those guys fall on the schedule. You're, you're not wrong about. What you're not wrong about is that he's going to go. Recency bias is one of the biggest problems mm-hmm. at, at draft time there is. And Joe Mixon is the fucking poster boy for recency yeah. bias, right? People who owned Mixon or who, who lost to Mixon in the last half of the season are going to be like, hey, this guy's a fucking stud. Well, you know, I don't. I would not be surprised to see Mixon end up going at the tail end of the first, early second in a lot of leagues because he's got the name. For whatever reason, Joe Mixon's name carries a lot of weight in fantasy football, and he did some shit. He's a, he's a talented running back. Let's not lie, right? He's, he's, a, he's got a great right hook too. <laughs> he's a very talented player. Um, is he more or less talented than your fucking early season riser? Well, yeah, that's before riser. he's mine. I, I, I like a lot of things Froggy brings up here. Not bad. Um, I just honestly between Zach Taylor. Oh, you're writing them off for next year, huh, buddy? I'm not writing them off. You've been writing off Zach Taylor since no, no, no. hiring me. I wrote them off I actually, I actually bought oh, into Zach that's Taylor. Right. I wrote Froggy did. Right. Froggy said, no, he's an idiot. Um, he finally got smart midseason. No, no, Run no. fucking I, Joe Mixon. I'm just not convinced it's going to... I think Mixon will continuously, probably for years to come, in Cincinnati, unless something changes, just keep doing the same thing. Right. Where he Could disappears be. for six weeks, puts up good numbers. Honestly, he was really good. You, you said the last eight games. He was really phenomenally good between, I think it was 10, 11, 12. Patriots, one of the best defenses in the game. 150 yards. Then he goes and get in Miami, one of the worst offenses, and fucking disappears again. I just don't like, I mean, to me, it's hard to pick his number one running back just with his inconsistency. Now, to Froggy's point, there's va- if you get him for the right spot, there's value, then who knows? Mm-hmm. And if the line comes together next year, because you're not wrong the, about that line. The line will improve. I just question Zach Taylor's ability to commit to it a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's, it's something to pay attention to, for sure. Mm-hmm. It's, it's one of those spots where all the different pieces play a big role. You know, who do they, what, what's the quarterback situation look like? What's the schedule situation look like? Joe Mixon's, his, his, you know, value is going to be very dependent on lots of different things, in my opinion. He's not just one of those guys where, oh, you lock him into this spot right here because he's Joe Mixon. Well, I also think he might be someone that used to, you know, it's not, where he gets drafted is not going to put him there, but he's a streamer in my mind. The guy that you plug in as needed, not a guy that you fucking he's plug a best, in. He's a best ball guy. You love him as a best ball yeah, guy. Yeah, not as a fucking everyday starter. Talk, but, you know, let's say they play at Pitt and at Baltimore where weeks two and three, or two and four, and you say, fuck, I'm not drafting him, you know? But then you you it's start thinking, like, what's a trade package I might be able to put together to pick up Joe Mixon because he's starting slow again? Yeah. So, so, Wiz, 
Quick question. <clears throat> Who you like better? Bullfrogs, end of season Mixon? riser, or yours? Who you? Who <laughs> That's you, a fucking joke. Who okay? do you think is worth more? Mine is way better. Raheem Mostert, folks, wow. in San Fran. Imagine that. Are you drafting Mostert? You want to make that bet right now, next season? 2020? You want to do that? Mixon versus Mostert? I bet. Lock it in, baby. First bet of next season. Look at me. I have come full cycle. I am taking Joe Mixon in a bet. Somebody type it in the bottom (laughs) of the dock here. Let's go. I I mean, I'll be as factual as possible. He was number five running back since week 12, and honestly, if you go back further than that since week 10, he was still in the top 10 at number 10. He's at eight TDs, 5.6 yards per carry. Woo! It's fucking huge, folks. San Fran's number two in rushing attempts, hundred number two in rushing yards per game at 144. They're number two in points per game at 29.9. In their run block efficiencies at number six. The fact of the matter is, is they have a phenomenal offense, good offensive line, um, a great offensive coach, in Moster, I mean, you could. Could Breed is there, Wilson's there, and it pisses you off when these random guys get touchdowns. But Moster, unlike Mixon, was winning you games and winning you championships. Could this be the opposite situation as David Montgomery? You got a coach that commits to the run, you got an offensive line and an offensive scheme that knows how to make the run happen. Is this the polar opposite? 100% it is. David Montgomery. 100%. And Raheem Moster, who, like, He's 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 good. He's a good running back. He's not an extraordinary. He's not Saquon Barkley, right? But he's good, and he he can take what the offense gives him and make it a little more. Yeah, this is complete. This to me, this is this is Raheem Mostert in a, in a good situation. Montgomery in a bad situation. Sure. Um, I just talked about San Fran, but let me tell you about Mostert a little bit here. True yards per carry removes all rushes over ten yards or more. Okay, he was number one in the NFL at. 5.3 yards. Okay, true yards per carry. Beats out Singletary. In the he, he, yards, th- yeah. What that tells you is that he's getting the most yards per carry, and it's not... Without the big breakaway. Without the breakaway like runs. Yard, right. Like, why is Matt Breida not there? Because that's what Matt Breida did. Yeah. Um, his yards per touch at 6.3. Number four overall, right? Receptions, everything else. Percentage of his carries over 15 yards or more, he's number one at 8.8% of his carries, folks. The fact of the matter is, I like his offense. I like Mostert. He runs hard. He, we talk about eye test all the time. He passes all of these things. I have no reason why he's not up the, flying up the draft board. The problem here, um, how high he actually goes on that draft board. Well, it's, it, it's going to always come down to that issue of, like you said, the other guys there, Tevin Coleman, right? Matt Breida. Have you heard of Tevin Coleman Jarek in the last six weeks? Goddamn McKin like I would almost be willing to bet that Raheem Mostert doesn't get drafted again oh, next no fantasy way. season. I'll bet you that. I'm not going to. I, I said think he's like a mid round guy, probably. Late, Five, six, I bet seven. He goes, no, I'm I'm guessing he's a twelve round guy. With McKinnon, let's let's assume McKinnon comes back and healthy. He's Matt Breida. To me, this this is a Moster as the best running back, followed by Coleman, sure. and then plug in the rest of those guys. I said the last season, look, they were going to give McKinnon another shot because he's the guy that they went after. That's not going to happen again. Like that, this third year, it's not going to be a thing anymore. But uh, <laughs> that's fine. All right, I'm going to go ahead with mine. I'm I want wide receiver here, and I'm I'm like scraping the cervix kind of deep here on this one, guys. I don't. You don't do that though. Me? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I could fucking hit it with my tongue, bro. <laughs> um, she's shallow is what I'm trying to get at. Look, I- I'm going to take a wide receiver here, and that's Hunter fucking Renfro, Oakland Raiders. Now, I will say this. I lost a bet this season with my buddy uh, Charles DeMar, big Clemson fan. He said to me after the draft, I bet Hunter Renfro does more than Andy Isabella this season. I took Isabella. He won that bet because Hunter Renfro has been nothing short of great on his team. I mean, the Oakland Raiders suck as a team. Um, Derek Carr is fine, but his coach is shit, and the Oakland Raiders will never be much of anything. But Renfro proved himself to me to the point where next season, I I will probably be, if I were drafting today, comfortable with Hunter Renfro being a a top half wide receiver three to me. I would be comfortable with him being my wide receiver three going into the draft. I I almost said back half wide receiver two, but he he missed some time due to injury. I didn't see quite what I wanted to see from him. But let me give you some stats. Even you make that statement, you you go more towards the the George Kittle, O.J. Howard bet again. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Uh, I want to talk, let's talk stats, okay? So... Renfro missed a handful of games leading up to the end of the season. He played 16 and 17 uh, coming off of that rib injury. In those two games, 100-plus yards, one touchdown in each of those two games. Over the last four games of the season, the last quarter of the season, 19.7 fantasy points per game. Wide receiver number one. No wide receiver in the league scored more points per game than Hunter Renfro. That includes Michael Thomas. I know that's a small sample size because out of those four, he only played two. But... To, that's a, that's a lot of points. Is my fucking thing, right? He his quarterback went to him, threw to him. He's fine. He led his team in targets six weeks out of the year. He's a rookie. We know that rookies don't get a ton of targets, but he led his team in targets six weeks out of the season. That's after missing two total on the year, sixteen and seventeen. The last two games he played were two of those. Here's an interesting stat for a small wide receiver. He's a slot guy. Ten red zone targets in the last eight games of the year. His teammates, all of his teammates combined for seven outside of him. He was the guy that his quarterback trusted. When it comes to trust, he's the most reliable guy on the team. 80% red zone catch rate. That rate second among wide receivers with at least seven. So, like, if you take a guy who had a decent... All the guys who had a decent amount of catches or targets in the red zone, second in the league with an 80% catch rate. He's reliable. When it came to third downs, he had 17 fucking catches on third down that resulted in a first. That was 15th among the league, regardless of position. I know I wrote wide receivers there, but it's regardless of position. Again, his quarterback started trusting him as a rookie. You think going into the second year of his season or his career, second year with Derek Carr, second year in a Gruden offense, they're going to trust him less or they're going to trust him more? Is he going to get more opportunities in the red zone or less? Is he going to get more opportunities on third down or less opportunities on third down? There's no way that he, that those numbers are going down. Look, fifth among wide receivers with at least 50 targets, 
in yards after the catch with 6.0. We know eight. We know he's a slot guy. Not a lot of air yards there. But once he catches the ball, he's going to do something with it. Did it in college. Won two national championships with Clemson. In fact, he did it, right? He caught the game-winning pass twice in college because he's fucking reliable when it comes down to the crunch situations. Has been since college. Maintain that in the NFL. I think Hunter Renfro becomes a great target for Derek Carr. And one of those slot guys, you know, slot wide receivers of the NFL are extraordinarily valuable in fantasy football. He's going to be one of them. For me, he's at least a wide receiver three going into next season. You won't have to draft him until round 12, 13, 14. But I think he's going to end. He's going to return on your investment like nobody else. Renfro might become a Julian Edelman. He might just. In any right situation, he, he he might just he might become. He's not on and he's not on a great offense, not with a great quarterback, but he finds a way to get open. He find he catches he's the guy. He's got good hands, exactly, and he does something with the ball after. He's this short, squat, tubby little white dude. He's not tubby. He, he, no, he's just not muscular. Have he's you seen muscular, the pictures? Yeah. Like all the pictures right. pre-draft of like him Tom versus Brady. DK Metcalf. He just looks like a tubby little fucking Tom college Brady. kid. But I thought for a second when I read your script here, I was like, did you put on there that you would draft him in the second or third round? No. I couldn't understand what you were trying to write there. I like to keep it. I like to keep No, no. What no. was that? Early said, wide receiver. So oh, I, I considered oh, that. Second or third receiver. For a second, I, I thought maybe end of wide receiver two range. Yeah. But no, he he's, to me, I probably will end up valuing him somewhere between 25 and 32 in the wide receiver range, which is going to be way higher, sure. I think, than most people. Sure, I put Lockett at, so yeah. That'd be way higher high. than most people, but I think he's going to be somebody that's really reliable for you in your fantasy rosters and super reliable for the fucking Raiders moving forward, which, which I think is fantastic. All right, Gary, look, is there anybody who end of season really came on strong and, and you got you thinking about moving them up your draft board, somebody you might be targeting next year. I know it's early. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely a huge fan of uh, Devin Singletary running back for the Buffalo Bills. That's my boy! Uh, he, you know, came out of college just setting all sorts of records. I mean, if it wasn't for David Montgomery's college profile, uh, David, Devin Singletary really just in terms of his agility and his athletic uh, profile being able to really just be shifty and be kind of a Shady McCoy type would have been, I don't know, I, he should have been touted a lot higher. I know that there's some knocks on him for his size and stuff, but... He's 5'7", he, Gary. Yeah, but he's also 5'7", 2'10", or something. He's fine. 203. <laughs> That's close enough. He looks like a really fast version of, like, Mike Howard. <laughs> nice. There's a nice throwback. Uh, you do. I love Devin. I, I was touting Devin Singletary to Wiz here going into our rookie draft last year. He wouldn't let me take him, and that's why we didn't win our fucking championship. But partially, uh, yeah, it's true. Go ahead, tell me what else you liked about what what else you liked about his numbers this year. I mean, the, the offense as a whole should just be getting better and better. You know, Allen, despite imploding in Texas, hmm. he you know has been getting better and better. Their offensive line, they really made an effort of bringing in seven different guys. They could rotate him in to find. You know, good fits, and they drafted Cody Ford. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think at the uh, excuse me, at the beginning of this uh, second, that heartburn from the uh, fireball. Fuck yeah, man! <laughs> fireball <laughs> kick you. <ya. laughs> but really, so he was injured, and then week eleven is 
when he took over as starter and, uh, from week 11 through week, uh, I guess, 18, but he doesn't play week 17. Uh, 116 carries for 524 yards. He always seems to hover around five yards a carry. He had another 20 catches for 159 yards, so we're looking at just under eight yards a catch. What's crazy is he had one touchdown from week 11 on, and on the mm. season, uh, I believe he only had, what, uh, a couple touchdowns, maybe like three or something. He had so much positive regression coming for him for the touchdown. In theory, Frank Gore's not there anymore. Yeah. Offense gets better. He gets more involved. And, I mean, if you were to be able to get somebody, I'm, I'm partial to him probably at the end of the third, maybe like early fourth type range. You know, I haven't sure. thought too much about it, but probably in that range. Then you're getting somebody that's going to probably go over 1,000 yards, potentially close to 500 receiving yards, and then that one touchdown bumps up to, what, like six, eight? I mean, you got to hope. What you it, know, touchdowns. The funny thing about this kid is uh, his senior year at Florida Atlantic, what, he put up like 28 touchdowns, something stupid. That's what caught everybody's eye to begin with, right? And he comes in the NFL and scores a I just didn't total think he could replicate it. And I think I agree with Gary's statement that he, really the last month, the last six weeks, he just looks good against hard teams and he just looks, he fits out there. Looks like he's a legit player. So what I tell what I tell you before the draft, I said, look, in a phone booth, there's, there's nobody harder to tackle. He can make you miss when there's no room. And it's it, not missing. He, he's he's a tough guy. He doesn't he, fall down. I, I thought I thought he was a little. I thought he. When you say five seven, I think Tariq Cohen. No, he's not Tariq. Oh Cohen. my god, he's such a better player. Yeah, not not a bad call there. I like him. I, I'm a, I'll be a little wary probably about that third round call you made there just because of that touch. I know he's got to score more. But fuck. Alan, Alan steals so many. That's the only nerve. You know, he that's did. The only yeah. part that scares me a little bit. Alan he still should get more than he had for sure. But you're right. I love him. I love the guy. He's got upset. I like it. Look, before we let you go, um, since you you were so kind to come on the show, grace us with your SFB nine knowledge. Um, I'm gonna give you a minute here. Just tell the people where they can find you online. Um, tell them who they should be following, what they should be looking at. Give me some plugs, dude. Be shameless about it. Uh, yeah, pretty much uh, FightingChanceFantasy.com. That's where I write at. Um, Ryan Allen, he's kind of the uh, the leader of that. It's his baby. I definitely recommend checking his stuff out at Fighting Chance. Uh, we might not be the most knowledgeable. We might not be the uh, you know the most statistically driven, but we're damn good followers. We're all really nice people, and we just want to have a good time and uh, kind of just make this a, a fun place and enjoy the enjoy the ride while we're on it. So, so you're second to to, to this. To this podcast. Yeah, second best to this podcast in knowledge and statistical drivenness. <laughs> right, I love it. All right, keep... uh, unfortunately, until my own podcast potentially comes out, it's going to be like SFB9 winner. Yeah. Fantasy football. Don't fuck yourself. Nice. <laughs> so, so, so are the rumors true? Are you starting a podcast up here soon? Uh, I think we're going to be doing something. Me and Kevin Tompkins uh, at, at K Tompkins II. So, uh, that's a Letter eyes, not like a pirate eye eye. Nice. Um, yeah, we're probably going to be doing something after the Super Bowl once life settles down. I just kind of started a new job and stuff, so um, I'm in the process of dealing with that. And yeah, we'll see. Um, hopefully, one day I'll be having you guys on, and you guys will be begging me to come on for a year and a half. I uh, accept. I accept your invitation. <laughs> I might I might have to squeeze you into my schedule. I'm a very busy guy here in retirement, but. Uh, yeah, awesome. All right, what else? What else you want to plug for us? Uh, I got to plug my my wife and just say, you know, if 
if anybody's ever looking for any badass watercolor art or if they have a toddler, go to TeresaHaddo.com. That's Teresa, T-H-E-R-E-S-A-H-A-D-D-O-W.com. Uh, she's a watercolor artist, and she has a craft subscription box for toddlers. All the toddlers on there apparently are my own children, <laughs> and I have children from across the country that all populate this website. You got to get some Asian kids on there, man. That's the ticket. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I mean, that's coming. I, yeah, we're like, what is it, nine months will be, no, yeah, so we're like six months away from them arriving. Nice, um, nice. Yeah, come check it out, and then I'm at Gary Haddle1, that's G-A-R-Y-H-A-D-D-O-W, the number one, and uh, come follow me, and I'm always happy to come back on here. I'll make sure I have a little bit more alcohol next time, and uh, thank you, guys. I really do appreciate this. It's, it's surreal that it's been... Again, you guys were the first first pod I started following, and uh, here we are coming full circle, so it's very exciting. I really do appreciate it. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. We'll have you on again, buddy. Keep listening, Gary. Fuck yeah, buddy. It was good. It was good to finally talk to you, man. After if we're going back and forth on Twitter for a while, it's good to finally catch up with you. Congratulations on the big win. Uh, like I said, we'll catch up with you. Have a great night, dude. Good luck in your draft. Thank you, guys. Have a good night. Peace. Both of it have some unfinished business here. We didn't talk about it, but Bullfrog, you took you took one one of your five shots this week is because you picked the New Orleans Saints to go to the Super Bowl. You never told us who was going to win the Super Bowl. You had New Orleans, Baltimore in the fucking Super Bowl, and New Orleans lost. They're out of it. They're obviously not going to the Super Bowl. So I need you to pick a replacement pick every time your Super Bowl team loses. You're taking a shot on this show in these playoffs. New Orleans lost. Who in the NFC is going to replace them playing against Baltimore in your selection, sir? No, fuck it up. I'll take Green Bay this time. What the fuck are you? Okay. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, you'll win this week, but they ain't, you ain't going for the. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not a. Bl- you know, I preached it early in the season that Jimmy G was not the guy for me. I'm not going to turn my back on that statement. Now. You just turned back at Joe Mixon. You, you're all on his ass now. You gotta be fucking fluid, baby. Wiz, you you're talking over there, but both of your fucking Super Bowl picks, New Orleans, New England, are out of it, which is why you owed me two shots. Yeah, I went on experience. Um, other than- clearly, that's no longer important in this NFL. I thought. Best coaches matter, and I think that they number one and number two best coaches, but at least most experienced quarterbacks. Um, Wait, you don't think you don't think Sean Payton's better than uh, fucking uh, yeah Kyle Shanahan? I know you love Kyle. I, Shanahan. I but I think Shanahan's a great coach. I think he you see he hasn't been around. He hasn't long been around. Enough, enough. He hasn't seen experience. I think Kyle Shanahan might be right fucking there. I think yeah, you're you're not wrong. I just think I mean everyone else has Super Bowls. He's just not there yet. Um. I will go Kyle Shanahan because I think, you know, I actually think out of the NFC games, I like both those teams the best. I like, I think, uh, Mike Zimmer, um, Zimmerman, is that a good right? Zimmerman? Zimmer. 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 Mike Zimmer. Zimmer. It's a phenomenal job there. I think he's put, um, I mean, he went down to, fucking went down to New Orleans and won. That's yeah. a scary team. Minnesota could be a They've scary. got a good defense. They oh, can run the let's, ball. Let's be clear about this, right? New Orleans lost that game. Drew Brees lost that game more than the Vikings won that game. Drew Brees played the worst game of his fucking season. I put a lot, lot. on Sean Payton because I was watching that all those offensive play calls were fucking trash. What are we calling? Yeah. Why are we just handing that was it to a, Kamara? That, that to me was a New Orleans loss play. more than it was a, a Vikings victory. You say that, but like I mean the Vikings did their part. Like they did their part. They played a like a good playoff team should play. 
as you picked New Orleans to go to the Super Bowl because they were the best, they were the best overall team with the best coach. Yep. They should have. They should have won. Should have won. But they lost. New Orleans should have won. Drew Brees played the worst game you've seen Drew Brees play in probably two years. Maybe, but I mean, like you could you could say a lot. I mean, is that because the defense forced? I mean, honestly, I didn't understand why why Brees is just chucking the ball deep randomly in those games. And to me, is is that because the defense was a lot? There was a lot of pressure in his face. Yeah, but come on. I just just don't trust Jimmy yet. This is his game. This is his proving game. This is your moment, Jimmy. You're gonna either turn that. Jimmy hasn't been bad, and that defense is good enough. Under pressure, I will take good. Under pressure, he hasn't been good. Or who do you got in the AFC? Because both of your fucking teams lost. Yeah, both my teams did. If I have to repick, I'm gonna go here with the number one coach, who who has probably the most pressure on him, and that is Andy Reid. Um, I, I think if, if there's a ch- th- there's a time Andy Reid's gonna win, his nemesis Bill Belichick is not there. He's out. Um, it has to be now. He he has he has a MVP quarterback. Um, and his defense is playing better. good. Yeah. Better. I like that we still all three have different Super Bowl picks. Guess what, guys. I'm Both right. of mine are still fucking there. A lesson of the day. Oh, lesson of the day! Gary Haddow, mad props, you won the fishbowl. And you like me best. But you picked nuts, so I lost a little love for fucking you, Fucking He'd fuck me, too. Lesson so, of the day. He'd kill you. I thought he initially said he'd kill you. And he'd kill he'd me. He'd marry you because no. you're the smartest. And you'd kill me, Gary Haddow. You dropped a couple uh, tears on my totem pole, buddy. I like Maybe Gary next more. Year. I like Gary more, too. <laughs> All right, guys, hey, fuck off. We'll see you in two weeks when we break down exactly how our seasons went. We like to be very clear about how we did. We don't like to hide our failures or successes from you. One of us will very, very, very clearly lay out their failures for you. The rest of us will lay out our successes. I mean, their successes. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll catch you then. So between now and then, you fuck off and uh, have a good day. Thank you for listening to another episode of Your Football Fantasy. Now pull up your pants, subscribe, and review us on Apple Podcasts. You can find more from these limp dick butt pirates at www.yourfootballfantasy.weebly.com. <laughs>